Today on Beyond Podcasting Episode 16, we'll discuss 3D binaural audio production and consumption with Anthony Matana of Hook Audio. Thanks for tuning in to beyondpodcasting.com, where we recognize that your online radio show is much more than just a podcast. Your show can be broadcast live, which is not a podcast. Your show can be heard on a website, which isn't a podcast either. Of course, your online radio show can and should also be syndicated as a podcast via RSS, where your listeners can subscribe using a standard podcatcher or your show's own branded app for Android and iOS. Beyondpodcasting.com covers microphones, interfaces, mixers, production software, recording techniques, best practices, and more. Now enjoy another episode of Beyondpodcasting.com with your host, Alan Tepper. Hi, I'm Alan Tepper in the Beyond Podcasting Studio in Florida, and we have Anthony Matana of Hook Audio on the line. Hi, Anthony. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me, Alan. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? It was perfect. It was super Italian sounding. I loved it. Exactly. I I do speak (laughs) Italian, not nearly as much as I speak Castilian, but I wanted to pronounce it the authentic way. That's perfect. Okay, wonderful. So you're the creator of Hook Audio and Hook Versus, which I recently reviewed. So congratulations. Congratulations on the company and on this product that we're going to be talking about and uh, general speaking about 3D audio and binaural audio. That's correct. Binaural. Also very well pronounced. Thank you. That I pronounced in English. (laughs) So uh, how long have you been doing this Hook Audio company that you have? Yeah, so Hook Audio has been around for about five years now when we initially launched a Kickstarter. Uh, for the project in the fall of 2014. I've been working in binaural audio and this type of recording for a little over 10 years. Prior to starting Hook Audio, I worked as a theatrical sound designer on Broadway, making sound effects for live theater and telling stories through sound in sort of large-scale environments. For the benefit of the listeners who may have not yet read the review that I published, I had heard about 3D binaural audio, but I really got into it when I got the invitation to review your product, and I'm totally in love with the uh, the concept. I just never knew how immersed it would be, and it is quite immersed. It's a real 360-degree image, audible image that you get in your mind when you listen to it, as long as you listen to it the right way, of course, which is with either stereo headphones stereo earbuds or with some special equipment that you recommend that I included in the article. Right. Yeah. It's it's a funny thing, right? Because binaural audio has, has been around for about 100 years. Um, you know, uh, operas in Paris uh, in the early 1900s were using a thing called the theatrophone, which was essentially two microphones set on stage that was transmitted over uh, telephone poles that someone would take two hand receivers of a telephone to their ear and feel like their ears had been transmitted transported into the opera house, capturing all the acoustics. It's a a type of audio that when listened back, because it's so easy to be experienced, right? All you need is a regular pair of headphones. You hear this and you go, well, that's amazing. Why would I ever go back? I mean, it's sort of a shift from, from black and white television to color. The largest problem that's been in its way is that there really hasn't been a device that makes it very easy to capture binaural audio. Though the playback experience is simple, for many, many years, in order to record binaural audio, you needed very expensive equipment, very large equipment, several proprietary adapters, cables, batteries. 
what have you. There's never been a binaural microphone that lets us capture binaural audio on our smartphones just to start. So that's really what we're trying to do is, is bring a medium that, as you said, you've heard of before, you've been impressed with before, but didn't realize it would be this easy to capture. Yes. And I have covered many different devices that connect audio to telephones. And I've always been frustrated that before your device, to do it on an Android required a fairly large and bulky device. There are, and I have reviewed products from Rode that you connect to an iPhone or an any iOS device, and you can there connect, you know, two analog microphones or a single stereo microphone. But it was frustrating not to have that capability with Android. And I'm glad that you have made the Android experience just as good as the iOS experience. 100%, 100%. I, uh, I, I am certainly not one of those product manufacturers that treats them separately. In a lot of ways, I have a lot of respect for what Android does because Android is a lot more friendly to developers. I won't get further into it, but you know, even making something for Apple requires an entire made-for-iPhone certification, which Android is a lot more open to, a lot more welcoming to. So I, not developing for Android was, was never on the roadmap at all. In fact, it was probably the priority. Well, one frustration that has existed with for example, with USB microphones, with Android as opposed to iOS, for some reason, none of the software that I have ever dealt with had game control in Android, but they all did in iOS. And I never got a straight oh. answer. I don't know if it's a, a system limitation. Obviously, you have accomplished it, but you have right. accomplished it not with a hardware device, but with a, a unique and proprietary Bluetooth, which I would like to talk about more. I, I'm so excited because I have I have uh, reviewed other products that do as professional as possible Bluetooth audio to smartphones, but they have been limited by the profiles that officially exist, including the hands-free, which is only 300 hertz to 3.4 kilohertz, the other hands-free, which is 50 hertz to 7 kilohertz, and then the A2DP, which has a very high delay, 150 millisecond delay, and that's a much better audio quality, but it has a huge delay. And also the manufacturer of it, which is JK Audio, they have, hadn't found any way to make it work to receive on a smartphone. So they have, they have only made it work using another device to receive it. So you have accomplished, you have solved a lot of problems. And uh, I hope that in addition to your main focus, which is 3D binaural audio, that somehow either your codec could help them, their product work better, or that you come out with a product similar to yours, which is obviously for different applications than what your 3D binaural focus is right now. Yes. Okay. There's there's a lot there. You know your Bluetooth audio. That's great. <laughs> so, And you definitely then by product know how limited it is. Yes. So look, I um I wanted to make a really easy to use binaural microphone for smartphones. And when I was developing this, even in 2014, which is not to say it's a long time ago, it's you know within the last five years, was a time when Apple was removing a headphone jack. There were rumors about Apple going to USB-C and not Lightning. It's funny, as an audio professional, the first thing you think of, and many will still do, in, in a world where you can't necessarily trust wireless and you have to trust wired you know a professional will always take wired over wireless in this scenario we could only trust wireless <laughs> we didn't trust what would be wired or what would connect or what they would change about firmware over time and we thought you know what 
Bluetooth is not going anywhere. It will only improve. And if we can create something that's adaptable as Bluetooth progresses, we are actually have a safer bet with the longevity of our product than if it was wired. So it was a kind of funny turn of the tables there that caused us to go down the Bluetooth. Do you want me to talk a little bit about the, the codec and how it kind of Of course, works? please do. So as you know, and like you said, from those standard codecs, none of them are set up to support a singular external device sending multiple channels of high quality audio over Bluetooth to a smartphone. And when I say high quality audio, I mean ambient audio. And when I say ambient audio, I mean ambient audio that would, would be you know, existing in the frequency spectrum of most, say, field recordings or just regular human hearing, right? 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. That's the human, it's a frequency range of the human hearing, should be similar to a transparent microphone, especially if it's a binaural microphone. So we had to figure out how to send that. How do you send two channels of that high quality audio over Bluetooth? How do you pair it with video and ensure that there is no latency? Well, the funny thing that we sort of discovered in trying to, you know, sort of dig through all of these Bluetooth codecs and all these transport protocols was that there is a lot of Bluetooth audio codecs on the market. There's a lot of different ones that you can use depending on your product, but there's never been that. So we built it from the ground up. And the best way I can sort of use an analogy to it and why latency occurs and why all these other things is think about when you're like, uh, you, I'm sure you work in Pro Tools or Logic and you use uh, channel strips and that sort of DAW. You know what I'm talking about? I'm familiar with DAWs, although some of us pronounce it as DAW. And I do not use the DAWs that you mentioned. I use a different one, but I certainly know what a DAW is and I have covered it in, in other episodes. My favorite one for storytelling is called Hindenburg Journalist Pro, and I've actually interviewed them here oh. on Beyond Podcast casting and it, because it has features that musicians don't need but storytellers do need so it has you know unique features but of certainly I'm familiar with daw interesting multi-track recording, multi-track editing, and the special tools that are in musical post-production that we don't really need as storytellers and vice versa. That's my favorite for, at least for conventional computers. Perfect. So if you're using a DAW, you might be adding plugins to that, to that, that channel strip, like your reverb, your decay, your delay. Every plugin that you add on adds a little bit more processing power onto the machine, which therefore can create latency. The more clunk you add on, the grittier the tunnel is, the harder it is to get everything through. Well, Agreed. Some, some plugins more than others, but totally agreed. Right, right. So the funny thing, right, is when you wipe out all those plugins, when you wipe off everything else off the shelf, you take away everything that you're not using, like LED controls or buttons or anything, and you design a codec that does one thing and one thing only, you got a squeaky clean tunnel to throw as much bandwidth as you want through. And that's what we do with this codec. So it's designed to do one thing. And where the app is, so if the app is open, it's sending a message to the firmware on the product wirelessly to transform into that codec. But the minute you hit the home button on your phone, the minute you close out of your app, that too is sending a message to the product and it's switching the firmware again to then just regularly use A2DP as an audio playback codec, which is what most, most Bluetooth headphones on the market already use. So we don't use any type of A2DP or Bluetooth 4.1 to record this. We do it all of ourselves. The special sauce is in how the phone itself sends messages to the device, depending on what app is open, to tell it what mode to operate in. In a lot of ways, you can think of firm, four firmwares loaded on the Hookverse. Uh, I take that actually three, right? One, depending on if it's connected to an iPhone or an Android, which you can detect. Two, whether it is in playback mode or record mode, it could be in playback. And then the third, 
it being in record mode. So it's this sort of synergy. It's this 50% communication between our mobile apps and our firmware on the headset that allows this to happen. See, we could incorporate this natively into operating systems for Android and iOS. It would be a simple line of code that the operating systems could incorporate so that when you open up your native camera app, it sends the same message to our device as our mobile app does. Unfortunately, until I sell 100 million units and some big NBA sports star is rocking them, I'm, I'm not going to get that kind of pull. So we use the mobile app to make this handshake with this codec that we send it to. Yes, and you've done a, a, a wonderful job. And I want to congratulate you because you have used what is our standard 48 kilohertz. And that's why I created the 48 kilohertz alliance, as you probably Amazing. have read already. Amazing. Yeah, and it's I sending 48 kilohertz at 0 0.0043 milliseconds of latency. You can pair that with video or you can just do audio. And uh, you have the ability to listen back to those recordings right from there. You can adjust your monitoring level independently of your gain level while you're doing the recording. Sorry, I just wanted to add what the features were too. No, no problem. I'm going to officially induct you into the 48 kilohertz and play a soundbite that I always use when I do that. And then I'll continue asking some more questions. So stand by. Welcome to the Alliance. I am honored. That was fantastic. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was incredible. Beyondpodcasting.com Did you know I can help you build your online show, as I've done with many others, whether it's live or phone calls with a human or robotic call screener, pre-recorded and edited only, or anything in between? Of course, I'll also help you syndicate your show to have it on places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. My Capicua FM recently won Best Culture and Society Show from Latin Podcast Awards. I'll show you how important it is to have your own branded RSS, just like ESPN, Leo Laporte, James Cridland, and the USFCC and I currently do with all of my shows. It will be a great conversation from your branded RSS to domains, GDPR, forced SSL, TLS for HTTPS, microphones, and much more. Just visit beyondpodcasting.com to contact me. Now, back to the show. Beyondpodcasting.com one of the things that I had asked you through email, and I guess I asked so many questions that you couldn't answer all of them, but currently you're using 48 kilohertz, which I totally, totally applaud. I, I found what apparently are some typos on some parts of your website where it says 44.1. Oh. And I actually mentioned that in the article because I made reference to the part where we talk about how you make this work with a professional video app like Filmic Pro. Right. And I linked to your page where you talk about all the workarounds, which are all totally doable and totally acceptable until they decide to accept using your codec natively, which I hope they will. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and it was that specific page where it talks about 44.1. So maybe if you okay. if you update you that, that on that particular page, then I, I can remove that note from the article. But in any case, right now you're doing 48 kilohertz, which I completely, completely applaud for all the reasons that I've covered in my 48 kilohertz alliance article, which is partially because the quality is a little bit better. But there's a much more important reason why I encourage everyone to produce everything in 48 kilohertz. And that is that's the standard for digital audio for digital video. 
And if you don't do it that way, you're going to force someone at some point to upsample. And upsampling is not a good thing. We want to avoid that like the plague. Exactly. So if we do everything at 48, we're never going to have to upsample. We might have to downsample for some platforms. Hopefully it will be the minority. And it seems to be the minority nowadays, but never, never upsample. So I'm totally, totally applaud you for doing 48 kilohertz and and making it exclusive, not even giving the user the option because they can always go down if they need to later on. The the question is, right now you're doing that 48 kilohertz at 16-bit, which gives us 65,536 discrete values. And I don't know if your codec as it is right now, and of course the hardware that you're using to make that possible, whether that would allow it to be either 24-bit audio or perhaps even 32-bit floating point. So we're, we're working on 24-bit right now when we launched this. Um, you know, we, we haven't made a significant update to our firmware in a little over two years now. So even two years ago, the system in place could not handle 2448K. We found a lot of disruption. Again, the tunnel analogy, we're trying to send too much through. In the last two years, some construction crews have done some work on that tunnel. (laughs) It has gotten wider. There is possibilities now for us to do it without incurring a ton of dropouts. That was the biggest problem, trying to send that much. And the result was an audio file that did have some lost Bluetooth packets because it's trying to buffer at a speed that it cannot handle with what's being sent to it. That being said, there have been some improvements and that's something we're actually working on for a future firmware update. Okay. Well, I think it would be totally okay if you decide at that point when you are able to offer it, if you make it a user option because the the file is larger, but there are advantages to it. Right, right. And, And to comment on the 48K, you know, we did that, right, because our microphones, they're not just about recording audio to your phone. With the mobile app, you record video and the audio is paired seamlessly to it, right? So when you end, you do have this video caked in this stereo binaural audio. So because we're working with video, it's it, it, it was a no-brainer. It had to be 48. Yes, and I that, that comes to some other issues that I asked you about, and I... I got some good responses, but for the benefit of our listeners, I asked you, because right now it's doing approximately 30 frames per second, and I asked you if you would add the capability of doing some other ones, and I know, and for the benefit of our listeners, I've covered this in in several detailed articles, but unlike a standard camcorder, when you shoot video on a smartphone, whether it's Android or iOS, at the present time, they don't do constant frame rate, they do variable frame rate, and basically you set a target for those frames per second. And then when you use a proper program, either to play it back or to edit it, then it can convert it to constant frame rate, depending on what your final destination may be. So uh, by doing it that way, we can exclude the differences between the integer and non-integer versions. For instance, 29.97 versus 30, 23.976 versus 24 exact, and 59.94 versus 60. So you are planning to add those variable frame rates, in other words, targets by the user sometime in the future also? Yes. Okay. And are you also considering adding either shutter speed or even better shutter angle capability to go with that? We are. And look, it's not it's not a, a huge priority when you get that down into the dirty details. I mean, we we're hoping that by the time that is of a priority, there is a, a stronger video app on the market, i.e. Filmic Pro, who can support this. Because really, the answer to a lot of this is not for us to make another Filmic Pro video app, but just for them to simply support 
the Kodak. So we're doing, you know, we need to do what we can right now, but we're anticipating, you know, support across multiple more larger video apps because we're the audio app, really. I mean, more video apps before we sort of, I think, go that far. I completely follow you. And I think that even with your proposed workarounds, it's fine either doing it by running your app in the background while you're recording the main video portion in Filmic Pro right. and then syncing the two files separately or using hardware to connect it via your DAC, your digital to analog converter, which you simplified. I understand for the consumer market, they don't understand what that means. But that accessory that you have thrown in there in the package is more than just a cable adapter. And 100%. Yeah. So we include a recording cable with every unit. This is not something we chose to sell separately. I don't really believe in the whole sort of rip off economy of selling accessories. Like you need this. This is a part of your package here. Uh, it's a cable that when plugged into the what you think is the charging port on the headset, there's one single micro USB jack on the headset. It duels as charging port and as an uh, audio output, which I don't know any other micro USB jack on the market that is doing that on a product. And we have a converter in the headset to do that. So when plugged in, turns the verse into a wired microphone. And then it's, it goes to a Y cable on the other end, which is a like a eighth inch uh, stereo line level jack for external mic inputs to a field recorder, a DSLR camera. And currently, the cable has the 10-pin proprietary USB connector for older GoPros. Uh, you won't be able to use it with new GoPros, but you can use the other jack to plug into a GoPro adapter, a mic adapter, to go into your GoPro. So we've been talking a lot about the wireless functionality, but don't forget, it's also a wired mic that can work on any device. Let's just discuss those workarounds that you describe on your website. One of them is basically you fire up your Hook audio app and you set it up so that it's recording the audio as it needs to be recorded at the proper level. Yeah, so with the app, you can disable the video camera. So for those who kind of understand, you can either do video with 3D audio or you can disable and just use it as like a field recorder. So you set it for audio and then you set it to the background and you open up, let's say, Filmic Pro and you begin to record video with Filmic Pro. So Filmic Pro is recording video and audio, obviously just the standard audio of the it's not recording 3D audio. In other words, it's probably recording mono as a reference track. And then in post-production, you sync them up. Yep. And if I can just say, there's one feature about that that we're super proud of, of accomplishing is the ability to record, to continuously stream this audio to the phone while it's asleep or in the background, which I don't know if you've ever done a lot of some other recording apps or even like the video app. If you're recording a video and the minute you get out of the app, Apple primarily in most Android phones will kill the recording. With this, we actually hacked it. We found a way. It took us way longer than we wanted to to continuously send that stream even when the app is in the background, which is a pretty crazy feat. That is wonderful. I'm glad that you have eliminated some of the issues that have existed up until now. For a very long time. Yeah, and again, that comes from my experience as a sound designer. Essentially, Quitting being a sound designer to make the tool I've always needed, <laughs> I've always wanted and said, you know what, if no one's going to make it, I'm just going to have to make it myself. And the other scenario you're talking about, about using it on a different app or even like Filmic Pro is using a wired connection. So there is something interesting about, you know, plugging something directly into the phone, whether it's Android or iOS, which is 
if you do that directly into the phone, as long as that cable is compatible with that product, when the app opens, the app looks for the microphone and, and it wants the phone to tell it, hey, what microphone am I using for this application? And if you plug something directly into the phone and you open up Filmic Pro, it will then use that external microphone just natively, just like automatically, because it's like, okay, something's plugged in, we're overridden, we're not using the built-in mic, we're using an external mic. So there is a way you can kind of go with our cable into your phone, but it does require a little bit of extra equipment. So one would think, okay, I've got this eighth inch jack. Let me just plug this into the headphone jack on my phone. And now I've got a, a wired mic. Well, the problem with that is that the headphone jack, if you still even have it on your phone, is a mono input. It's not a stereo input. It's a stereo output, right. but it's a mono exactly. input, so you can't do it. The other way, so then really the only way you're doing it is through the lightning connector on the iPhone or the USB-C on your Android. So what we suggest is there are a lot of dongles out there or adapters. Some are made by Blue, some made by IK Multimedia that plug in to the lightning jack or the USB-C on your phone. And on the other end of them, they do have a stereo 8-inch input. You would then take the hook cable from there and plug it into that. And that has essentially made your lightning connector into a stereo eighth inch jack. Completely agreed. The best one that I would recommend right now for iOS is one that I've covered in several articles. And for some reason, it gets very, very little press other than from me. It's called the SC6L, which a lot of people just think that it's just a cable, but it is actually an A to D converter and it has preamps in it and everything. And that's why it allows you to record a stereo signal into an iOS device. It actually ends up with a lightning connection. So it has two individual left and right inputs and plus it has a optional live monitoring output. Which, uh, what did you say the name was? It's the, the model number is S like Samuel, C like Charles, the number six hyphen L, L for lightning. Alan, I don't even know this one. <laughs> For some reason, it has so little coverage other than from me. I've covered it in at least three or four different articles. And I've even talked to the people about Rode. And I, I said, the only thing that you guys did wrong with that is the model number that you gave it. Because their prior model, which is the SC6 without the hyphen L, is just a, a bridging device. So you can plug in two microphones and combine into mono. And this is a completely different, I said it was, your only mistake was to call it such a similar name to this other device, which is really in a different world because it doesn't have circuitry in it. It's just a cable adapter. Whereas this one is actually, you know, it has preamps, it has A to D converters and D to A converters for playback and everything. So that's the one that I would recommend for iOS because it's so compact. It literally fits in your pocket and it is 48 kilohertz, 24 bit. I couldn't ask for more as far as the specs and the quality. I think the only thing that they could have done better was give it a different name. Now, I noticed that it has two mic inputs. So those are dual mono inputs, right? It's not a singular stereo input. The actual inputs on there, for the sake of compatibility with their own inexpensive lavaliers, they're two TRRS inputs, but those two inputs are not really outputs. It's just to make them cable plug compatible with their lavaliers that they made to plug in directly to smartphones. So each one of those inputs is actually mono. And when you use them together, it becomes stereo. Right. 
And then the one in the middle is the output for monitoring, and that's primarily made for just a TRS using an isolating headphone to plug in there, although it is made to be foolproof so that if people plug in earbuds that are TRRS, it just ignores the microphone, but it doesn't cause a problem. If you plug in regular earbuds, which have a microphone, it just ignores the microphone. Gotcha. So that's the way that works. And they market that only for iOS, and that's the only platform where, can, where I, at the present time I can only recommend it for. However, the people from a company that you would have never expect to make audio equipment called Anchor, they're known for making power devices, power, uh, you know, USB power things. They recently came onto the market with a cable whose only purpose is to go from USB to lightning. And they sent me one to review and I plugged it in and on a Mac, it actually sees the device and it sees what it's capable is, but then it doesn't actually do anything. And I imagine it's a driver issue or something like that. And since then, since I did that first test, there was a firmware update to the SC6L. So I have to test it again since that firmware update came out to see if now it's actually visible as a device. So there's a chance that that same SC6L might work with Android phones too and with desktop computers that have a USB-C, but that's just a possibility right now. It's not definite, but what I hope is that if it doesn't work automatically, I hope that since this device already exists and it's specifically made for, to do 48 kilohertz, 24-bit bi-directional, that Rode will at least offer a driver for it to make it work because they can sell a lot more of them that way. Agreed. Agreed. Very interesting. And that's, by the way, that's the only reason why I have an iPhone SE, which I, I call it as a joke, I call it the Miata of iPhones because it's like the, the later technology, but in the size of the iPhone 5, I think it is, or 5S. And it has been to record two-channel audio in the field because before your device came out, there was no compact way of doing that mm -hmm. on Android. There are devices that do it with Android. In fact, practically any USB interface can do it, but they're not pocket sized. They're larger than that. Right. So I'm excited about what you have done. And I'm just curious to know whether from a business perspective, would it make sense for you to offer your codec to a company like JK Audio? Because they make basically a plug-in device that plugs into handheld XLR microphones. So this would not be for binaural audio. It just would be for broadcast audio where people want to use a, a stick mic to interview people and things like that. Right. Or maybe it would make more sense from a business perspective for you guys to manufacture a device similar to what theirs is, but with your codec in it, which obviously has a lot of benefits. Right, right. Yeah, we've, we've spoken to just about every major audio company about our codec and our technology. And in the end, we haven't had any interest from anyone, surprisingly enough. Most of these larger audio companies, they don't have a Bluetooth audio team. They don't have any sort of team designated to work on something like this. So in order for them to take something like this on, it is a larger investment than I think most people think. And the market has just not been large enough for these larger companies to uh, essentially take a dive into it, right? Their focus is on conference calling systems in your, your office or your, your noise canceling headphones. Basically those two things are true wireless earbuds. They're not, they're not into the world of that wireless record. And even if they were, I think they feel they're not staffed for it. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but that's been our reaction from these companies. I understand. I think JK Audio is probably the only one that's an exception to that because they've actually created a, a Bluetooth device, which is made for broadcast recording to a smartphone. 
So I think there's definitely a match in goals there, but I don't know from your business perspective whether it would make sense more for you to license the, your codec to them, to, for them to use in their transmitter, or for you to create a, a similar transmitter. Yeah. Because it's a different type of a goal. I don't know if broadcast news is going to want to be using binaural 3D audio with the hook versus, or would they would just rather just have a stick that plugs into their interview mic. Right, right. You have to ask send yourself, a are, sing they gonna, are they going to go all the way to the world of Bluetooth even? I mean, you're talking about broadcasting. They're still in a truck. They've still got their gear and they've still, they're still a more of a higher end user. And I think, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, I think RF signals for, for radio mics is still very much this industry standard and very much reliable. So, you know, is there a huge need for them to to feel like Bluetooth is going to solve any issues right now. Yes, it can make somewhat of their their sort of gear load a bit smaller, but at the same time, they don't they don't need it to be that much smaller, you know. So, I don't know. Okay, well, it's just something that came into my mind course, because I was course, the one yeah. who who reviewed their their product with and that that's the goal of it it's to plug into a, a handheld microphone to do interviews in the field and i have not yet had a chance to check your filters because i know that you offer some in, there's an in-app purchase for some filters that's correct. from your company and i'm not clear whether those are add-ons to the mobile app or whether they're plugins for a daw could you clarify that yeah, they're add-ons to the mobile app. We don't do anything in the world of, of DAW. Everything is mobile-based on these recordings. So they are sort of Instagram-like sound filters that can be applied in post to a recording that you've made in the app. And uh, we plan to release other filter packs in the future. But what we've launched first is what we call our sort of essential 3D audio filter pack. So it's sort of the, the bare bones of what you might need to enhance your sound a bit and be creative with it. And we've sort of named them based on what they do. So we have an interview filter, right, which is sort of designed. That's the, the one that I wanted to ask about first. So I'm glad you mentioned it first. Yeah, it's, it's you know, each one of them is sort of is sort of a combined sort of special sauce of a little bit of all different types of plugins because we wanted to make it very commoditized. We wanted to make it really simple. It's just one fader. There's not a lot of pro end control on it, just the same way you kind of have one fader to affect your sort of filter on Instagram. So, you know, as you increase up the fader, it increases the uh, wetness of said signal. An interview filter is designed to do just that, focus in and hone in on the frequencies that the human voice operates on and try to eliminate right everything else any kind of fan noise any kind of rumble that you might be in a room it's just kind of really designed to, to bring out the the vocal frequencies you have something like the concert filter which again is a little bit of a sauce to just sort of make your live recordings pop a little bit of limiter a little bit of a little bit of low end sort of uh, reduction because kick drums and bass can be so unbelievably strong in concert recordings and it just kind of makes it shine. We have one that's kind of interesting. We call it Stereoscopper. It's designed to, because you can import videos into the app that you made on your regular phone, it will actually binauralize them uses a binaural upmixing algorithm and splits it into two channels and creates sort of a stereo effect. So it's able to give your give you a little bit of breath to recordings that were otherwise recorded in mono. It's kind of a fun one. And then there's things like decay and reverb that can be added as well. Very, very interesting. Yeah. With the one that's for the interview, does it still retain the 3D or does it convert everything to mono or how does that No, work? no, no. Still 100%. It's still 100% retains all the binaural. There's nothing. It doesn't downmix anything. And, you know, you add as much as you want and then once you hit export or save you do it just like you would instagram it's like do you want to apply it to the original or do you want to save it as a new video with this effect applied 
and you can choose accordingly. Very, very interesting. So if someone wants to have their online show, whether it's audio only or with video, if they want to make it with 3D binaural audio, I suppose that one nice thing to do would be just like in the past when I guess when music started just to, to come out in stereo, a logo on there that says in stereo uh, when when heard properly. But but in this case, it would be in 3D audio yeah. when heard properly yep. and then obviously click for more information or fine print or whatever. And the good thing is, and I emphasize this in my article, even if somebody just listens to it the other way, it's not like they're not going to hear anything. They're just going to be downgraded from 3D to standard stereo. Correct. Correct, but it's still a higher fidelity recording than it might be on other device. So it might not have that sort of depth, but it's it's still a higher grade recording. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're doing a show that way, you could just say it occasionally. If you're not listening to us on stereo headphones, then you're not hearing us in 3D. Right. So, and, and that way you can encourage them. So it's not that the content is useless and you can encourage them to hear it the best way, either later on or in the next episode or whatever, depending on how they want to deal with it. Now, do you happen to have any statistics or any inclination, if not actual statistics, about what percentage of listeners and viewers by default are using stereo headphones or earbuds? Uh, on what device? On mobile devices? What type of content? What type? You mean just in, in general? In, in any? Do you have Do you have any inclination about that at all? I was just be curious to know about that. Uh, it's hard to make a statement like that, depending on what the use cases. Are we talking about people using headphones with mobile devices, like a TVs? I mean, if you're looking at a sort of generic statistic, you'd have to. I probably equate that down to how many Bluetooth stereo headsets were sold in a fiscal year. You know, I think only two years ago, the amount of wireless headsets for the first time ever surpassed wired headset sales. That was in 2017. I know a statistic on podcast listening, which is 80% of podcasts are listened to either in headsets or inside of a car. And something like 60% of that is on headphones. So there's a a considerable amount of podcasts being consumed mobily. The only other real solution is like a desktop speaker that people are listening to like at work. But I mean, you can look at any sort of market trend. You can look at what larger audio companies at large are investing in. There is not a single audio company under the sun who isn't making a true wireless headphone right now. There's almost every company has tried to make some type of noise canceling headphone. And you can see that all audio companies offer their in-earbud, their triple driver in-earbud. They're over the ear. They're on the ear. So mobile music listening, I mean, it's been expanding and growing considerably, mostly on the playback side. But I mean... I'm talking to you right now with earbuds in. I mean, it's, 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 I think the sky is the limit with it. And I think it's evident because a lot of companies are investing in it. Right. And I, the only thing that I would add to that, which is excellent information, is that whatever percentage we might read about Bluetooth earbuds or Bluetooth headphones in general, that's only part of the picture because there are some people who are still doing it with wired headphones or wired earbuds. So the total or the total percentage of people who are consuming content with stereo headphones on their head is even higher than that because the percentages that you mentioned are excluding the ones when we were talking about Bluetooth earlier is excluding all the people who are still doing it with a cable. So that means that the percentage of people in general who are just listening with stereo headphones on their head, whether they're in-ear or over-the-ear, is even higher than that. So it's very, very exciting to have that as a concept in a show 
in an audio show or a video show that's distributed online and distributed as a podcast and, and in other ways. And I think uh, that would be the key. And I think it would be cool to have that type of a logo that says, you know, in, th in 3D audio when heard correctly or something like that. And then, you know, summarize it and then give more information later when they either click on it or look below. Totally, totally. And I think that's why a company like ours making a product like ours is able to succeed at a time like this. If we weren't consuming a ton of audio on headphones, there wouldn't be much of a need for this product. But because there is, people are understanding that. I mean, you have to look back even to early to mid 70s when binaural audio had a pretty big surge. You know, Lou Reed made an album in binaural. Pink Floyd did some of their multi-tracks recording in binaural audio. There was a record label. Chess Records did some in binaural as well using this dummy head. And there was a strong reason for that, right? Was because you didn't have a flat screen television. You had a stereo system with a receiver with a big pair of metal cans that you could plug into the receiver, sit on the floor and be blasted off into space with Pink Floyd. So they, you know, the technology that we create in is very related to the knowing what the technology is that people are using to consume, right? There, it's not a coincidence that in the world of transistor radios with a mono output, the biggest sort of piece of content that was popular was Little Orphan Annie, radio shows, talk shows, because you didn't have any stereo effect. And rock and roll comes around the stereo system because the the image, right, the visual image of a band on stage, drums to the right, guitars to the left, Keith Moon, you know, right in the center could be replicated in your living room. In fact, that's a lot of the ways stereo systems were advertised, right? Keith Moon, in your living room, only safer. And so there was a big precedence on stereo audio, so therefore we were creating that way. Since that stereo, we've been faster, right, and more evolvedly commoditizing audio playback, right, into Bluetooth speakers. It's convenient to have your sound. Doesn't matter if you can't hear a left and right, you got it on the go and you got it on the beach, right? And so the audio quality has degraded significantly because of the devices we've been putting out to the public are designed more for commoditization, right? Not for quality, but that is changing with headphone listening because we are on headphone listening now. We are more personalized. We want higher quality and that higher quality can be made with a product like ours. Yes, it's very, very exciting in general and much more exciting now that you at Hook Audio have been democratizing the production end of it. Yes. Would you like to add anything else before we go today? I would just like to say, you know, for anyone listening and is still unsure about binaural or 3D audio, we say hearing is believing. So I would really recommend checking out our YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash hook audio. Put on a regular pair of headphones and listen to our videos. We've got concerts in 3D audio, music videos in 3D audio, travel in 3D audio, a lot of like sort of demos and reviews and tutorials. So it's a really good way to like understand this as well as our blog. But most of our stuff can find on our website, which is just hookaudio.com, H-O-O-K-E audio.com. Beyondpodcasting.com. Did you know I can help you build your online show, as I've done with many others, whether it's live or phone calls with a human or robotic call screener, pre-recorded and edited only, or anything in between? Of course, I'll also help you syndicate your show to have it on places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. My Capicua FM recently won Best Culture and Society Show from Latin Podcast Awards. I'll show you how important it is to have your own branded RSS, just like ESPN, Leo Laporte, James Cridland, and the USFCC and I currently do with all of my shows. 
It will be a great conversation from your branded RSS to domains, GDPR, forced SSL TLS for HTTPS, microphones, and much more. Just visit beyondpodcasting.com to contact me.